0: Well hey everyone and welcome to another Adventure Here on the Podcast. I'm the Captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and joining me actually in the flesh, like sitting across the table from me. My guys, Lieutenant Commander Eric and Lieutenant Commander David, welcome to Lone Star Station, gents. It's so it's so good to have you right in front of me. Like for real for real.
1: Yeah, you finally finally fixed those uh those shuttle crafts, those runabouts so we could actually, you know, come back aboard.
0: I did. Took a while.
1: Like
2: I, I was here once. Yeah. Well,
1: once. I mean, mine, mine were always broken. So it's, you know,
0: mm, it's some that's some shoddy engineering work right shoddy. there. Yeah.
2: We chief. Gotta, we gotta talk to the chief.
0: Do Do we though? We We, we gotta hire a chief. Yeah, We gotta, hire, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we gotta uh, hire a chief. Well,
1: or or like within our uh in our last book series, the the master chief, corporal, sergeant chief whatever the heck they called O'Brien in that alternate timeline thing.
0: Happy Hogan, right? <laughs> <laughs> he was pretty much Happy Hogan. Yes. Oh, good grief, good grief. Well, today we're going to be talking about um, another episode of Star Trek Prodigy, but before we get to that, how have you two been? I mean, we've been around each other, like, smoking meats, being covered in smoke, <laughs> and doing other questionable dance moves um, here, here, here at the, the Lone Star Station.
2: I I didn't engage any in any dance moves. The singing, yes but dancing, that's you gotta draw a line in the sand somewhere.
1: Yeah, kind of interesting. Um, I remember talking to a couple people about this and I listened to a uh, a, an interview with uh, Roger Daughtry that lead singer of the who and he was talking about you know growing up is effectively like a world war Two baby and in england at the time and the singing and the, the folk songs and stuff that's not necessarily something america does much anymore i mean we did if you really dig back in history but sure now we don't necessarily do that as much but yeah um uh bohemian rap city <laughs> It yeah. was something everybody everybody got into.
2: Don't stop
0: journey. Believing. Yeah, yeah. I want it that way. I want yeah. it that
2: way. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: When that came on, people <laughs> lost their collective mind, and I, I was there for every moment
2: yeah, of that's, it. That's
1: my jam, right there. Yeah, your 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 wife did a, an incredible job on the turntable. Uh, yeah, she was very
3: good. DJ, mad DJ skills.
0: You know, you know Thank you for that. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. I'm sure she appreciates that too. All right. Enough of that.
2: No, but I mean, it was a fun time. You know, I don't, I didn't really know anybody. Um, I didn't know anybody except you, Chase, and you, David, right? Yeah. But, right? You claim but, but, David. Right. We're meeting. I mean, I, I feel like we met yeah. for the first time in yeah. person on Friday, right? But I feel like a year and a half of talking to you all the time, right? I, I yeah. feel like I know you. But, like, <laughs> I met you for the first time in person. Didn't know anybody else that was here. But, and, you know, I don't normally do big groups, especially groups of people I don't know. But I had fun. It was a good time.
0: Good. Good. Yeah. We, we had people from all over the place come and like freeze our tails off <laughs> like looking at watching some cattle like you know come down the street and buying belt buckles like almost all of us got matching belt buckles uh-huh. almost almost we're two for three hey
2: we all got texas star belt <laughs> buckles mine just did not say state of texas
0: right right yeah, D- David's and I like. I think David, yours is more of like a like a bronze. Yeah, kind of like an, an, a semi-antique bronze. Yeah. Yeah, and mine's like a, I don't know, like a goldish antique yeah. look thing. And I don't know. I don't know. You you got you got some kind of like it's, bird, it, right?
3: Well,
2: I got I got like there's one, one thing like an eagle holding an American flag. Okay. But the other one was just uh, the Texas the Texas star like the Texas Marshall star. Yeah. But it was just plain silver or I it's not silver. but... It's fine,
3: yeah. Yeah,
1: well, it's the, fine. And you know the ridiculous, the ridiculous thing. Uh, the day I got in, it was actually really nice. It's like seventy-five. We we got everything set up outside, and then woke up in the morning, and everything's destroyed. It's cold Basically. and it's windy.
0: Basically, yeah. It was just really windy. <laughs> it was wind- like it was like uh, I think like 25, 30 mile an hour winds, something like yeah. that. Overnight, it had to have been even more than that. Uh, people in my neighborhood like their fence like was torn yep. completely down and um even like looking at some of the the neighborhood Facebook group conversations about fences people are like well I guess we got to talk to insurance now <laughs> and people are saying no don't don't do that because you know they're not going to actually cover it um it's it's going to be cheaper for you to fix it yourself than to have freaking insurance get involved yeah even have a claim on your on your account and mess up your homeowner's insurance so there we go man man oh man well i mean for the fo- i mean this was this the 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 gathering that we had the, the little party we had was a lord of the rings themed thingy um you know not star trek but was there did y'all have like a favorite moment like from from the event like whether it was like doing karaoke or burning stuff or whatever it was
2: i did when uh rebecca and and yeah. were playing their music the violin and their flute and that was just amazing like that for them not to have practice that and just like okay you start and i'll come in and i'll and it was just so so good and it was so beautiful like it was it was pretty cool
1: good oh yeah absolutely that definitely definitely good to see actual (laughs) actual musicians uh going at it so yeah no it was off off the cuff um and playing some of the the stuff that they played yeah that was that was really good yeah really good stuff
0: i didn't get to um to capture all of it but i was able to uh for people listening i mean obviously you guys know this but um i was able to set up my microphone uh right by where they were playing and at least capture some of it so i'm really looking forward to having having that like somewhere on my computer that i can come back and play and listen to from time to time like regardless of you know ambient or background noise it was just it was awesome and um, i was trying not to live the experience through my phone
2: right I hate yeah when people I do that like people are at music concerts and like they're just trying to record it the whole time on their phone it's like yeah. enjoy the concert don't like be so focused about recording it because you're probably never going to watch that
1: yeah but the, the only caveat to that is how many times have you went to your your parents or grandparents and well, hey there, Eric, come on and sit down and let's look at pictures from 40 years ago. <laughs> and then you roll your eyes, oh, grandma and, again. And then you look at them, <laughs> the same ones again. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. but I mean, we, we've always had a uh, a want to capture things because, I mean, th- there's a chance that we might not remember, <laughs> you know. But, yeah, I, I, I know I, I filmed a little bit of some of it. Uh, But it was like, you know, in smaller increments. I wasn't, you know, sitting there trying. I I do want to enjoy it. Um, Because, yeah, through the lens of a phone is not really the way to enjoy
0: it. Right, right. I mean, like, I think I record... I know, I I mean, I recorded, obviously, the audio um, with, like, my microphones and stuff. But I also, like, did the video um, in the living room. But I think my favorite moment was even before it was being recorded, recorded. And that was when... Uh, we were, like, trying to, like, be kind of funny with um, the people that were putting on their costumes at one point. And um, they were just, like, standing in the hall playing. Like, that was my favorite moment. Um, like, all the music was, like, absolutely gorgeous. And then just seeing everyone just have such a good time, like, as a host, like, that's all I can really ask for is just people have a good time, cut back, and just laugh and sing and just be fools. Everyone was being a fool, so it <laughs> was fine. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, another one though is um, when you got your costume on, okay, and knighted Rebecca. That was that was pretty touching.
0: Sweet, yeah. glad you like that. That
1: was good. Yeah, you know. Well, it, it, well, I I saw him and it's like, oh, Chase, you're gonna dress up, and I just see him sneaking around, and he's got his gloves, like he, he's got his arm up, like he's in a cast, you know, or a sling, and he's got. I see his little little leather gloves sticking out, and it's like oh boy <laughs> he's pretty, gonna do a thing pretty sure i know what's going on here well you know like
2: <laughs> the thing with the costumes is you know you see online all like the cosplay accounts yeah, on yeah, yeah facebook and instagram or whatever but it's so different to see them in person like i i don't know a lot of people in general i don't so i don't know any cosplayers but to see all of them like put on their uniforms that they made right yeah, yeah. it's so incredible to see like the, the talent and the skill that goes into making those and it's just different from oh yeah I hey that looks pretty good when i see the picture of it online but when then you see it in real life yeah right this is different yeah what was it uh,
1: marnie's uh hers was yeah hers was really good yeah um yeah you know Aowyn the one just, yeah you know the one character <laughs> in the dress um, the girl, yeah, but yeah. that that was pretty cool. She did but the thing, I remember a long time ago, um, I went to to a game with uh, some of the folks from the Five O First, you know, Star Wars cosplayers, and one of the guys, Doug, he does a Vader, and Doug's like you know six seven, so he's a he's a big dude, and uh, his costume looks amazing, but in those you have electronics you have lights you have all this stuff and i just remember him he was like i have to go sit down for a little bit cuz he, he had a voice changer in his helmet <laughs> in the breath in the breath and everything <laughs> you will come with me and help me out of this suit <laughs> but um so he he sits down and he's like hey i need you to re- I need you to reach behind to get to the panel. I can't get it to turn off the voice. So, and it was right in the, in the small of his back, you know, and just, you know, having to fit things in and having to customize the things to fit the person because none of those, none of those are, you know, plug and play universal sure, sure. unisex or whatever. So you, you have to do a lot of work to him. So it is very impressive.
0: Nice. Nice. I think we were, we were talking like, just kind of keep the cosplay conversation going we we had talked about uh you david maybe doing like some some cosplay stuff at some point whether it's mm-hmm. gonna be star wars lord of the rings whatever and um i think one that i suggested from lord of the rings kind of keeping with the theme of the party was possibly doing um, um a thorn Oakenshield shield from mm-hmm. the hobbit and i think yeah. you were also saying like maybe a boromir oh yeah i'd love to do a boromir that'd be cool is like just one of those characters where like you, you, you love him or you hate him type of thing. I
2: mean, I'm short and stubby with a
0: beard, so I should be Gimli. <laughs> you could totally do Gimli. True. I you was Gimli. actually, I, I was telling uh, David at one point that you could totally pull off um, a Dwalin yeah. also. Who? Dwalin. He's from The Hobbit. You wouldn't have to have a hairpiece. Okay. And he's got a wicked beard, so. Okay. Yeah, wicked
2: beard. All right. Well, I'll have to figure out who that is. <laughs>
0: I'll show you a picture yeah. someday. All right. Or, 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 the Google can show you. Okay. Yeah. So. But. Uh, anyway, yeah, it was a great time. I'm, I'm glad that you know you two were able to come down, like David coming down from Ohio and um, Eric coming up from South Texas, Southish Texas, South of,
2: Texas Hill Country.
0: There you go. Um, and just everyone that um, that did come down, it was, it was just a real treat, just seeing all my friends again here, at, here at, uh, at the Lone Star Station, or, you know, the Golden Hall in, in this case with Lord of the Rings. So. Um, the Lord of the Rings podcast is coming uh, fall 2025.
2: Right. <laughs> after we get the X Files one We
0: got to get the X Files one going first, you know. Uh, we're going to do plenty of backdoor pilots between now and then to, to make sure, you know, it gets off the ground or whatever. But you know what else we need to get off the ground? The Protostar. Because um, they keep doing these dang landings on, on planets, for Pete's sake.
1: Well, they might not after this one. They've, they, well, they figured out the
2: transporters? Yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, does the pro star not have shuttlecraft?
0: <laughs> uh, well, you well, can you can they, replicate one, right? Yeah, they, uh, yeah, they,
2: they were trying to make. I, I totally forgot. About this is why it was a bad decision <coughs> to stop midway because I literally forgot about that until you just mentioned it. Yeah, they they 3D printed half <laughs> of one. <laughs> they, they did.
0: <laughs> I mean, ten minutes to to create like a freaking you know shadowcraft. I mean like shoot like that would that would have made life so much easier for the crew of the voyager you know like they were trying to make the delta flyer yep that'd be fantastic yeah um anyway so this um this is y'all's um red alert by the way as we uh get into episode seven of season one of star trek prodigy called first con (coughs) tact so um the third ish episode in you know the uh the in, in just in star trek for the most part or the third story at least with a first contact type of name to it uh first one being in next generation then we had the feature length film first contact and now we have first con contact so interesting story i think for the most part um this this story pr- um, pretty much starts off i mean it, it does start off with a good old captain's log which um <laughs> Which Lieutenant Commander David, uh, not David, Eric is is all about. <laughs> yes. Um. No star date. No stardate. No star date. But we got a captain's log. We did so. Did that do your trekkie heart some good?
2: It did. It did. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so no captain's log, but we get into seeing some pie. We do pie. Lots and lots of pie, and just a torn up, tor- uh, uh, just a freaking ship torn asunder. With like crap all over the place, so um, yeah, the 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 kiddos are are doing their thing. They're beaming pie all over the place. They're they're learning about this transporter thing.
1: What are they doing? Just like typing in random destination points, Are they just letting it fly? Like you gotta have you, you would have to set some sort of destination for your thing. But they're like, oh, it went two hundred meters more this time. It's like you gotta you gotta put it in it's just not like a swipey thing right yeah i think so
0: well i mean we see at the very end like not to get i mean you know 20 minutes later basically that you know you 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 gotta like toggle you gotta aim the thing you know before you hit go basically so i don't know maybe they're just like you know like kind of like you do on spotify just shuffle like they just probably hit the shuffle button on the freaking transporter let's see where it ends up
1: yeah. So, some engineers out there, hmm, what other features? We've got Bluetooth, we've got Wi-Fi connectability. How about a shuffle button so
2: that just if they just want to go
0: wacky? <laughs> Wildcard, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens.
2: Yeah, and then they're like, now we need a live subject. Oh
0: <laughs> so who, who are we going to get? Let's get something, someone that's indestructible. In comes Murph. Murph swallows a freaking com badge so we can target the dude and let's just let's let's just let her roll let's see what happens we hit the shuffle button by the way and this is all before the credits roll so we're, we're doing a great cold open which I loved by the way oh, yeah. doing a cold open and Murph like we think he ends up on the bridge which he kind of does quite literally he's on the bridge. on the bridge yeah. <laughs> Murph is on the bridge he's on the outside of the ship like just like all splayed out, right? Just sliding down the...
2: Oh, he just keeps moving, doesn't he? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Cue the cr- opening yeah, credits. Yeah, that was, that was a great moment. It was like, uh... <laughs> Gone. <laughs> this was... Now, if I remember right, this was the first episode, I think, where they did a cold open.
2: I think so, yeah.
0: Minus the premiere. Yeah. Um, but like of the first like regular, regular episode, I'm pretty sure this was just a straight up cold open and then into the title credits, which I, I love. Like that was, that was the thing that really stood out to me as something that was really enjoyable for some reason. It's like so stupid, simple, but I was, I was there for it. So, um, I don't know. So after we do this cold open, then of course we, um, we have to talk a little bit about, um, um, Kind of a continuation, in a way, of last week's episode. They're somewhat in distress, and we're the only ones around. We have to go help them. And um, it's these—the apparently it's these little little orphan children that are suffering from the phage.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: hmm. good Voyager callback. I I knew you'd like that. Yeah, I think you, I think you'd like that.
2: I, I did. I oh, okay. did.
0: Okay. And uh, turns out it's a it's a Ferengi, random Ferengi. Um, Maybe edge of the Delta Gamma yeah, quadrant.
2: I, I was I, when we, we we watched this episode when I got here on Friday night, and I said after it was over, I'm confused because where where are we exactly? <clears throat> we like presumably we started in the Delta quadrant, right? Right. But then we jumped in the protostar, right? We tra- activated the proto proto drive and we traveled a thousand light
0: years. Four thousand. I thought it was a Four thousand okay. light years yeah
2: and now we're in the gamma quadrant yeah. right but there's a Ferengi here right did this Ferengi come through the wormhole and decide never to go back like how is this Ferengi here in the gamma quadrant that's a great question I was confused by that
1: yeah that is, that is a little confusing oh by the way Eric you forgot we're already back where we started because
2: magic. <laughs> and then and then I was also confused because this is a Ferengi woman, right? Who has the title of Daemon. Like, okay, I, I guess we don't know exactly when this takes place in the timeline, but like, Rengi woman that has the title of Daemon and is earning profit and wearing clothes? Exactly. I'm confused. Yeah. Like, is this like the fallout from Rom being named the Grand Nagus at the end of DS9 and he's like, <laughs> allowed this to happen now? Because this is like, I'm confused. Well, that, that's something that, I mean,
1: DS9 had kind of explored with, you know, Quark's mom and all of that. Uh, and while well, there was even the one, uh, the one person that worked for Quark at the bar, who he In the one episode. Yeah, who, who he, he discovers is, is actually a woman after a female after um, going with some schemes, if I remember right. correctly.
0: Yeah.
2: That's actually the first episode where we learn, hear the name Dominion. Ah, okay. That's cute. That's a cool little trivia fact. Look at you go. I
1: think I think they're just using Daemon as more like, a, you know, it's just captain. Yeah. She's but, captain of her
2: own ship. Yeah, but I mean, The damsel, like, by the way.
1: Yeah, the damsel.
2: Yeah, but like. It's a Ferengi woman having to have Damon wearing clothes and earning profit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like,
1: well, but but there again, if we are in the Gamma Quadrant, this could be like a thing where, you know, she's trying to get away from the, you know, sort of the oppression of women on Ferenginar. So she's just out doing her thing, able to get a ship, sure, and is, is just out there doing what she can do. So yeah, I guess I guess in in a, in a sense the the. Uh, the distance would make more sense for that particular
2: kind of. Thing. But like, how did she get there?
0: So yeah, who knows? So two things. One of which David's going to absolutely love here in just a moment when I when I drop this this bit of knowledge on him. But um, you were talking about like a callback with um, the first episode where the Dominion was mentioned, right? Uh-huh. Um, so for anyone that didn't notice, um, I had, I was like looking at the ship. It's a Marauder class. Uh, Marauder-class ship, which is is the the first time we saw the Marauder-class was um, Last Outpost. So, like, Last Outpost Ferengi. Um, So, like, that ship, like, going all the way back to season one of Next Gen, for crying out loud. Mm -hmm. So, there's that. There were also, there have also been numerous um, interviews that I've seen in, like, other uh, folks that have been covering some of this stuff that have been having like the question marks that we've been kind of having, uh, covering, you know, Prodigy and talking through it, that the timing of stuff just isn't making any sense. And the way I understand it, the way that the other folks um, have understood it, like based on like interviews and like, stuff that's come up, there is time travel involved in Prodigy. So ostensibly, like we're looking at stuff that happened like years ahead. I mean, just just even looking at the uniforms, right? Like that we saw Chakotay wearing Mm-hmm. Um there's no way that with when Voyager got back, you know, um what would that have been? Uh that'd be 2378. 78, 78. Yeah. 78. Um right because uh Nemesis took place in 2379. Mm-hmm. So there's no way that the uniforms would have changed that much, especially when we have the lower decks uniforms that even are taking place in the early 2380s, basically,
2: and then we've got the flashbacks in Picard, right, where they're wearing a different style,
0: where they're basically wearing the band leader uniforms, right, mm-hmm. which even what Chakotay's wearing, just in that hologram, does, it looks a little bit like the band leader uniforms, but not enough. So, so that's the thing. Like this is, we don't know how far in the future some of this stuff is actually taking place, where and then time travel somehow taking place, but. I, I hope that I'm wrong I hope this is wrong but allegedly this is coming from um, Dan Hageman who's you know the person that's creating this basically
2: time travel hurts my head like I didn't even read I haven't read the CODA the CODA books but I listened to your podcast and just to hear like you talk about like the fixed points in time and yeah. all the things like with the, the the prophets the wormhole aliens and like I was just listening to you talk about it. I was like my head hurts.
0: <laughs> Which we were like, if only Eric were here to solve all this for us, basically. Yeah.
1: No, I... I do, well, I mean, I've said it too many times. I'm just not... A, I'm not really a big fan of time travel, but there is so much of it going on right, right. now. Right. Yeah. It, it's it's just... Everybody's just time obsessed. Time travel and multiverse.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. it's too much of the time travel and the multiverse stuff going on. Yeah, a little bit. So... It would, I mean, I guess in a way the time travel stuff would clear up some of the questions in a way that we're having from like a, a timeline type of perspective like with the Ferengi, like a female Ferengi captain, right? Like that would make some sense. Like if Rom was still the Grand Nagus on Ferenginar, that would make sense. But I mean, it's, it's the uniform. Like for me, it's always been like the uniforms. Like the uniforms <sighs> tell you what part of, of the Star Trek future you're in. Mm-hmm. Like, even even like with um, the next-gen era, right? Like, we had, like, we know like what season one and season two uniforms are. We know what three through seven, even early Deep Space Nine are. You look at the com badges, you look at the ranks, you look at the jumpsuits, you know where you are. And just watching all the shows we've been watching recently, even, I mean, even with Discovery, like, there's, like, these changes every freaking season. So it's, like, hard to... To tell where you are. yeah. So I just, I, I, we have, after this, we have, you know, three episodes left. Episodes 8, 9, and 10. And hopefully we get some some answers as to are we in the 25th century when most of the stuff is taking place and we came back to an earlier point in the 24th. I'm making am- a mountain out of a molehill, guys, but I just wanted to at least talk through it. Well, it, it,
1: so we, we had talked about what is so special about the protostar. Right. Ooh, fast travel. Cool. Is that it?
2: Yeah, is that it. You know,
1: and but with that that much power, I mean, kind of does make you wonder if it's also like timey-wimey as well as just fast. It's zoomy, but it's also timey-wimey.
0: I wonder if when the proto drive was activated, if we somehow did go either forward or back in time while also traversing a great distance
2: well i i i don't think that's a possibility because of what we learned later in this episode about who this ferengi is
0: right yeah right
2: which if we talk about that do you know how big space is
0: it's 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 decent
2: it's really big you could travel forever <laughs> and like not bump into somebody and so the one person we bump into I mean, I, I get it that Star Trek does this, but, like, hey, this is Dal's mentor. Right. Right?
0: Yeah. yeah, like, the person that essentially raised him, mm-hmm. uh, Nandi, I believe is how it was pronounced. Yeah. Nandi, Nandi, something like that. And, uh, yeah, like, was basically took him in and raised him and tried to teach him, like, Ferengi stuff, basically. Like, how to turn a profit and, you know do do all the rules of acquisition and everything and
2: which which would help explain why dal is so has been so distrustful Mm -hmm. up until now and why he's had like an aversion to wanting to like go back to the federation and give the ship back if he was raised by a ferengi yeah
0: yeah so yeah so she's she's um doing this little act uh whenever the view screen comes on and you know dal does his thing and um Eventually, like they all come together on the protostar, basically, and like kind of talking a little bit. But then we we find out about this like planet, basically, that Nandi wants Nandi wants to go to, um, to get a thing, um, this this crystal, basically, for some kind of deal. And no one else has really been there uh, that we know of. Uh, It's a first contact kind of situation, so it's really the whole first contact thing comes in, in one way or another. And Janeway, you know, hologram Janeway pops up and like, all right, let's pump the brakes, everyone. Just hold on, hold your horses. We got this. Well, you need to learn about this thing called first contact. It's the 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 main thing, the big the big deal that um, Starfleet and the Federation is, is that lives and breathes and dies by. And um, I was really hoping we were going to get uniforms when it was suggested by uh, by Nandi. That'd have been fantastic. I want to see some uniforms.
2: Well, even if before we get to Janeway popping in, um, we get the explanation of what this mission is. Like, Nandi has come up with some idea that she's lost all this money at the dabo tables, allegedly. Allegedly, and she needs this crystal to like pay off her debts. And in exchange for the crew helping um, her get this crystal, she will give them or she will give them a cloaking device right that she can't power because she doesn't have the right thing to power it and that cloaking device will help them like the div- the diviner won't be able to find them right and so basically she convinces dal to go along with this but we see the trepidation in dal because like zero is a telepath he can be like i sense unease in you in this and so like Dal's instincts were right here He knew something was wrong Right
1: Well I'm sure there's a rule of acquisition About that right (laughs)
2: About trusting your instincts or?
1: No, just distrusting people that you're
2: doing business with. Oh, oh, sure. Yeah, that's probably like number two, like don't trust your business partner. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Number one is once you have their money, don't give it back. That's right. Right. Number two is don't trust your business partner.
0: (laughs) I'm sure. I I don't trust either of you. Well, it's, it's,
1: it's also somewhat interesting is a, they, they go to his little room, which is just under, what was it? Under the warp coils or something yeah. like he had a hammock. It's like, Oh, this is, uh, what the window of dreams or yeah, some kind of dreams. Kinda corny thing like that. They just talk talking about like battles and all this stuff. It's like, what, what were they honestly doing all that time?
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, did this ship ever have like a crew? I mean, like if it is a Marauder crew? class ship, that was almost as big as the Enterprise D. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Which is why I don't think this is a Marauder class ship. It's the same style, but I think it might be just a smaller version of it. It's
0: possible. Uh, I mean, like, the, the general consensus. Consen- words are hard. Consensus is that it is. So, I okay. mean. Maybe whatever. it is. Maybe
2: it is. I don't know.
0: Um,. So yeah, we got we gotta get this crystal and um, what what was the the mirror or whatever? It was like a like a frankie bedpan or something. No, it was like a, like a spit.
2: Yeah, it was
1: a like yeah, it was like
0: a spit pan. Spit yeah, pan. Yeah. 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 Spit pan. Bedpan.
2: Precious pan. space metal.
0: That's right. what was yeah. It was flat.
1: I don't. I don't. Is it a catch spit? Is it just something you spit on? <laughs> <laughs> this is something to spit on.
3: Yeah. It's after. <laughs> I you mean,
2: eat, after you eat your beetle snuff, right? You might need to spit.
1: (laughs) Here, spit on this almost mirror-like flat thing. Sweet. It's shiny.
0: It's It's shiny. Who wouldn't want to spit on something shiny? Oh, boy. Well, so at this point, you know, like, yeah, we got to get like a quick briefing on, on first contact, and Dal's like, yeah, we'll do what we can to, you know, not mess up with their developed, solution <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> We we, we we'll, we'll do our best, basically. And uh, uh, I guess from here, basically, the um, the the story is pretty much advancing. Like we're gonna go land on the planet.
2: We're gonna land again.
0: Do more landing. And um, you know who Jankum was not wearing his EV suit, by the way. Which
2: right, but like right when they land. Stuff starts happening, right? Of course. Sandstorms kick up, and they're like, I forget who says. It. I think it might have been Zero. It's like this is just like Murder Planet. Yeah, I
0: was gonna say that. Like, why are we dealing with more sentient planets?
2: And I, but I was like, did we settle on Murder Planet? Is that what we Because I don't think we settled on anything back then.
0: Definitely Murder
2: Planet. But now we're it's Murder Planet. This is just like Murder Planet.
1: <laughs> well, ultimately, though, it wasn't really a sentient planet. It was. It was the people of the planet's way in which they communicate with sand. Sand vibrations.
2: I'm picking well, up good it's like, the, it's like the sandworms to communicate yeah. On vibrations. the planet Arrakis, we must go through the sand in weird motions. <laughs> so we just look like background noise.
0: I still haven't seen Dune, by the way.
2: Oh, no. Okay. You know, Well, you know there are giant sandworms, I right? I that much, okay. yeah.
0: And I know Arrakis, and that's that's about it. That's all right. I got. Okay. Yeah, Who he who controls the spice. Controls the, the galaxy. Yeah, there you go. That's all I got. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> we land, right?
2: Sand starts kicking up, and we're all freaking out, right? Because we're freaking out. Yeah. And then, hey, look submissive. Look submissive.
3: <laughs>
0: the <laughs> sand is watching you.
2: Neil. <laughs> Neil, Neil before, before Zah. Yeah, yeah Neil. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and then, like, Gwyn, like, I, I guess our communications officer, she's the translator who, I think this is a big payoff from last week's episode yes. when Zero was like, you know, communication is is about more than just translation. It's also about understanding,
0: interpretation, In, yeah,
2: interpretation. Yep. And yeah, she comes here and she understands this, and she figures out that it's like some type of harmonic resonance or whatever. And uh, and by setting our tricorders to a certain frequency, we can like send a message to them. That's and I right. really like that. It's like you were using yeah. science. Well, that was that was
1: another thing. Zero, the first thing that they did when they got out of the ship was
2: do a scan yeah
0: life forms
2: there's life forms all around us life
3: yep yeah, yeah. Forms.
2: i just love searching for life forms <laughs> 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 you tiny little life, life forms, forms. Do, 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 do. Where,
0: where are,
2: are you <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: i've seen that movie a few t- a few <laughs> Apparently. A
0: fair amount of times. Uh, I was going to
2: say a few too many times. I was like, no. I don't think there is such a thing
0: as that. Uh, when, when Once you get past 200, maybe.
2: Uh, well, I'm past that. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. Maybe not.
0: David, maybe okay. not 200. We, we interrupt this broadcast to make a plea to David, okay? David, look, Eric has generations on lockdown. With over two hundred viewings,
2: maybe not over, but approaching. With over two hundred
0: viewings, Eric has seen Generations, and with over two hundred or a thousand views, I've got First Contact on lockdown. Okay, so I beg of you, my dude, we need Insurrection or Nemesis covered at least.
1: Well, I'm sorry to disappoint, because my favorite movie was The Whale's Voyage Home. (laughs) The whales. The fact that we call it
2: the one with yeah. the whales.
1: Seriously, it is it is my favorite one. I don't know why. It's just
0: one of my favorite ones. But have Double you seen
1: dumbass it? on you. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. But, how, but how many times have you seen it?
1: I'm not going to admit to that. Over
0: 200, over 200,
1: over 200. I mean, it's possible between renting it out as a child from the library to TV viewings to... <laughs>
0: Okay, to everyone in Listenerland. Okay, again, we, we interrupt this this uh, broadcast breaking to make a play- news. Yeah, you-
1: that's
2: that's the wrong one. That's not the breaking.
0: That's news. That's definitely not.
2: There you go. That's the game show noise. Close enough.
0: <laughs> I'm playing with sound a soundboard, and I love it. I'm here for it. Um, to everyone in Listenerland, we need we need the the movies covered. So if you've seen any of the other, you know, seven. Um, or i guess 10 movies, right? Depending on how you want to count it. We we need them covered by by, you know, people that have seen it at least 100 times. Anything less just doesn't count. Oh. Nope. You got you got to be in the obsessed category when it comes to these movies, okay? So we return to uh, to our regular scheduled broadcast now where we're talking about science. So we're we're sciencing this thing. Yeah. We've scanned for the tiny little life forms, the precious little life forms, wondering where they are, and um, they're there. They're living in the uh, what the Fortress of Solitude, essentially. Yep.
2: Mm-hmm. The Fortress of Sanitude.
0: Sanitude. <laughs> <laughs> so before
2: we. Somebody get there, had to say it.
0: I'm glad you did. Thank you. Okay. Um,
2: <laughs> You're welcome.
0: With um, so, but before we get there, you know, we we. Gwen finds out, like, hey, let's just, you know, um, basically change the, the harmonic, basically, so we can kind of communicate, and, like, the sandstorm calms down, we're able to traverse it, go to Mos Espa, and get some Vespas, and ride around, and have a good time.
1: Go, go, Power Rangers.
0: That's right, and um, along the way, we have the Fortress of Sanditude, where we go and have some shenanigans with, so let's talk
1: yeah, about it. get a little, little crystal concert. Lights and sounds, yeah. like
2: Laser Floyd, but with crystals. No, I, I just, I gotta say, like, <clears throat> I really enjoyed this whole, when we get down into, like, this palace, this wherever, I really enjoyed everything that happened here. As like, did I. Like, hey, we're here from the Federation, we want to make a trade, we want one of your crystals, here's a, or, in, we're, no, just something not even say one word of the crystals, it was like, here's a gift, precious spaceman, whatever, it's part of the con. It was like, we gave you a gift, now you give us a gift. And the gift is just, like, this music, this song. Yeah. And everyone is like, wow, this is so beautiful. And comes like, it's the terriblest thing I've ever heard. But he's, like, sobbing. And, you know, we were just talking about our favorite part of last night was the music, right? right. And, like, you know, not everybody, like humans, right, not even not every human places as much value on material things, right, there are other things that we consider valuable, and like this alien species, as little as we know about them, like it's obvious they don't put value on like possessions and material wealth, but like to see them put value on like just a song or music right, right. right? because it's like, music is essentially harmonics, and if that's the way they communicate and they build their their, um their cities and their whatever, then it would make sense why that is important to them.
0: Yeah. This is um, maybe like kind of out there for some some folks that maybe never played it, but the, the aliens that we see in this, um, David might know this from, from vi- playing video games, but the, the ethereal looking alien things in this really reminded me specifically of the Skyward Sword um looking Zora
3: hmm.
0: a little bit like more ethereal like light looking but like the same general design for the most part for the Zora in that game
1: yeah yeah th- th- I didn't think about that but yeah that's kind of
0: close it's it's been I mean it's been a minute I mean I have it on the switch now but um but yeah like um they, they looked really cool I mean with a little bit more like I don't know wispyness yeah,
2: and, and I like the fact that like you know, aliens in star trek they're humans with bumps on their head right (laughs) right essentially but like i like that in animation allows us to do different things right and we can create like a truly alien species with animation and i like the fact that the show and the writers really leaned into that idea yeah
1: yeah and and another thing that i think chase had said i don't know day or two ago about how it was you know in quotations shot it really animated when they're playing the song and some of the pans and everything just the the general shit well even when they were on the surface of the planet being engulfed by a giant sandball like that sort of stuff was done really really well like for an animate for for animation that was pretty impressive and you know we had kind well i don't know i'll just speak for myself i remember i had complained (laughs) about having to split this up into two separate sections and oh boy discoveries in between um but then i know chase had mentioned something about uh you know some trouble with the animation or just slowing down or you still had to get to it or whatever I guess I can I can appreciate that they took the extra time to really nail it down because it really did look,
2: look Oh yeah, great. To, to make it right if and that, pro- if that's probably, what it. Was. Yeah,
1: and probably the best looking episode I would say as well. Oh yeah, it looked really, really nice.
0: Yeah, um the 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 sound, the the everything. Even even before we uh go down like we 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 go down this like little underground labyrinth of sorts uh just like the way that the the shot i know i know it's animated but like the the way that the compositions were the lighting of it the color palette that they were using was just gorgeous like i'm kind of getting ahead to like even my evaluation a little bit but the, i think this was like the most beautifully shot the most beautiful composition of the First seven episodes so far. Like this is like, I would watch this again, just, just to 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 look at the animation, just for the animation again.
2: And like, what did you think of like the music, the song that they were playing? So like, I really want to get your opinion on
0: that. So when, a couple things. Like whenever we were, um, when we we're coming down, um, I forget what the actual term was, and I'm kicking myself for it right now. So help me out. Um, I think it, they basically like said it was. Um, auditory um, terraforming or something like that yeah is that what it was mm-hmm. sounds right So I love that um, There have been experiments and maybe you, you two have have heard this at some point but there have been experiments where they've used the, the sound resonance um, on snowflakes to see like the, the shapes and the patterns that it takes So this is very much based in actual science uh, what what music uh, what tones, pitches can do in terms of like a construction aspect so i love that so much the whenever we're actually hearing these um i don't remember what rock talk came the up with The
2: any... like it was like the Cymeric rhythm or something so they call them like cy- the simary
0: yeah um whenever they were playing it the music was very lydian so Lydian, um, whenever you're look, when you're talking, have you ever heard of Lydian, David? Like Lydian scale or Lydian harmonics or anything like that? Doesn't ring a bell. no. <laughs> so Lydian is considered like the perfect, like a perfect pitch, essentially. And just the fact that, like, it, it's it's going to have like a much more um, lighter, airier sounding um, thing to it, and it's it's not tritone. Tritone is. More concern. um, um, Tritones are dissonant, which means basically like they sound horrible when they're all played together. Lydian, it's the type of chords that you're connecting. That it just it's it's meant to convey perfection essentially. Um, It's meant to also kind of convey this like wisdom to it. Like whenever I don't know, I'm going off the rails, but basically. Um, it's meant to convey perfection so that the, the music, like the stuff that they were essentially singing, the tones that they were creating was in line with a perfect tone, a set of perfect tones. So I was, I was eating that up all three times that I was watching it. Like the first time by myself, the second time with my family, the third time with y'all in my living room, it was great. So yeah, I I was, I was eating this crap up so much. It was great. Is that more than you you were asking? No, me?
2: I that was that was exactly what I was looking for.
0: Okay, good. <laughs> what do you think, David? Is it more than
1: you bargained for yet? <laughs> no, I mean I, I don't I don't necessarily have much of much of the comment on the music past what you pretty much already articulated there. Um, I think for me the only other thing that I would add is the gift of music. Mm-hmm. Um as opposed to, well, I mean, anything else we've seen, you know, the discovery, we're trying to give people the lithium where, you know, it's always some material trade-off and to have a, have a society that's much more simple to just share their music. And then if you understand what happens with their music, the building, the, the integration into their life, it's actually very personal, which doubles back around to why first contact and the prime directive is so important because what happens next and and you know having any sort of conflict in those sort of things in a society that's almost naive in a way. they had a protection, but Gwen was smart enough to sort of counteract that with with her own little resonance bursts that she did so that they understood that they had the knowledge to meet. But past that, that could happen with anybody. I mean, a group sure. of Klingons could sure. probably figure that out. Um, so yeah, to, to to bring them down, to to share the music. That's why the the Prime Directive. That's why First Contact rules are so important. Because you could royally mess up everything, and then they might <laughs> they might turn violent towards you, you. Might never get the second opportunity. Um, so yeah, that that was that was just another takeaway from that.
0: Sweet, um, yeah. So, before before there was there was one other connection that I made um, just in the the gifting portion, and it's it's kind of silly. But if anyone has ever seen uh, season one of Doctor Who, I'm sorry, series one of Doctor Who with uh, Christopher uh, Christopher Eccleston, there's an episode called "The End of the World," and Basically, um, him and his companion Rose go to the almost near the end of time for the most part, watching a, I think it's Earth actually get destroyed. yeah uh, by a supernova, basically. And all these people are gathering on this station to uh, basically watch it. and they they're, you're supposed to be giving this gift to a certain dignitary. And nine, the ninth doctor kind of does it like a little flippantly but he's like, I give you the gift of air from my lungs. Mm-hmm. That, w- that was like another thing that kind of came to mind, like with this whole like very simple gift giving thing. So one, th- so we get there, they give the song, we're having a great time, and by the way, let's get the crystals. And we start yanking, I think it's like five or six some odd crystals, basically.
3: Yeah,
2: but like I think it, it's <clears throat> Gwen that figures it out first, like that all of these crystals are working together and that's how they're able to create the, to, to use their music and their noise to create all of the, the buildings and the caverns and everything that we're seeing. And then basically the entire crew is unanimous. Like we shouldn't be here at this point. We shouldn't take any of these. They all have to stay. Right. And I really like that. They all, all of them were in agreement. Like, like, let's just leave these people alone. Right. Well, it winds up being that the crystals
1: are almost in some sort of like symbiotic, uh, Mm -hmm. meshing for the entire society. And without one, it throws everything else into either an unbalance or chaos potentially. So everything there is needed again, you know, going back to your idea of perfection in order to create what they, what they have that consideration of perfection. So,
2: but our Ferengi doesn't care, no. right? She's like, I'm taking these crystals and I'm leaving and I'm taking as much of them as I want and you can't stop me. How'd that go again? <laughs> that was my best, my best <laughs> attempt right there. <laughs> and she just starts yanking them down and putting them in her bag and Dal's like, no, I'm stopping you.
0: Leave me alone. Stay away. And... So yeah, we're, we're arriving at this whole symbiotic thing and we need to get them back. And we get like basically five of the sick, however many it was, like we get all of them but one mm-hmm. back. And everything's falling apart. The, the roof is literally caving in on them and trying to hinder them from getting out because he doesn't steal our crystals, man. Mm-hmm. I want yep. our crystals back. And uh, we, we get out, like there's a fork in the road, Dal seems to get out. And um, he confronts Nandi about it, like, is this what it it was all about to begin with, like for real? And um, that's where the whole con and first contact comes into play, and um, like, in earnest. And uh, beyond that, we also get a little bit more um, character history, right, of um, she, so Nandi actually sold him into slavery, basically. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And and but this is also like, I, I I was like I'm confused a little bit. Like, did Nandi sell him to the the diviners? What I'm assuming because she said to the mines. But yeah. we activated our our proto drive, which now we're four thousand four thousand light years away. Like, how how long was he in the mine? How long like how like. I'm just confused. Like, how did she sell him to the diviner? Like, and, and is she here this far away in whatever period of time? It just doesn't
1: seem. Well, the, there is one thing. Cause towards the end, there's effectively a bounty yeah. put out by the diviner. And she said, I need to know more about this diviner. So it, it's, it doesn't seem like she even knows. So the, the whole sale was probably more. well, uh, what was it like episode one when the um, what was the what was the race from Voyager that brought the cat
0: girl oh the Kazon the Kazon yeah
1: so it could have just been a scenario like that where she sold him to X species X and then it just kind of was by more by chance that he wound up there
2: but she knew he went his. to the mines
1: Oh, Okay, did specifically right? Okay. She
2: said, "Oh, I guess the mines didn't l- teach you anything." Gotcha. She's like, how did you know I was in the mines? I was kidnapped. I sold it. you. I sold you. Yeah. Well, maybe she sold him to a trader that was going to the because there's Could be. the first episode, right, where we have the peep, the Kazan mm-hmm. bringing. So maybe she did. Yeah. Sell him to the Kazon and she knew that the Kazon was bringing him to the mine. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right
2: that's possible but it's still the distance doesn't seem likely
0: yeah and I'm just going to say this right now it's like maybe a little bit late in the episode to be doing this but like I guess like trigger warning when it comes to like trafficking type of conversation
3: because
0: mm-hmm. um, like that's basically what's happening I mean we, we saw that in the first episode obviously with, um, uh, with the Cation so you know maybe she is like you know, like a kingpin of sorts when it comes to like trafficking aliens of some some sort, like the, the the Delta and Gamma quadrants, and maybe that's like one of her side hustles, so to speak. Not to make light of it, when it comes to like how she make how she makes profit, uh, apart from whatever else she does that we just don't know about, right? Whether it's Dabo or, or otherwise. Mm-hmm. Mm. So heavy stuff. Heavy stuff. For the most part, like just selling random aliens into, you know, manual labor. Well, they're basically kids. Yeah. Exactly. Which which is worse? A lot worse. Yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. So. Everyone's everyone's escaping, pretty much. Like they're they're getting out really quick. And Dal does something pretty smart. He throws his combat badge. Um, on the last crystal. And. He, And we have like the big old, like, um, bad guy reveal, essentially. Like, you fool, it was me the whole time. (laughs) Type of thing. And um, he's rescued and he runs over the transporter and, you know, is able to target and actually, you know, use the transporter for good, the way it's intended to be used. Mm -hmm. And essentially do like a sight to sight type of beaming type of scenario. Um, While all the Chimerium. Was was jacked.
1: Yeah, that that was the only thing. I kind of wish they would have just got that back too, just to really stick it to her, and and maybe even the cloaking device. Just like, oh, your shields were down, and we took it all back. It's like, see, Mm -hmm. he learned. (laughs) I just think it would have been would have been interesting. Mm -hmm. Of course, then then again, the way they're thinking of a cloaking device is rather naive when you think about it yeah. because there are ways around cloaking devices and tracking cloaking devices so while it could be helpful it's in the grand scheme of things not as helpful unless as you think it is
2: unless it's Shinzon's cloaking device
0: which, cloak's which perfe- is perfect it's not right. <laughs> it's things, <laughs> things gotta have a tailpipe bud <laughs> <laughs>
2: Shinzon's cloaking device was perfect <laughs> in the words of Jory LaForge
0: right well Let's let's just talk briefly about like you know what Janeway says. Well, and
2: well, even before that, right? Okay. Oh no, I think it's after that. Go ahead, go go Janeway.
0: So, so what Janeway is saying, like after they get back, like you basically like broken my trust. Uh, you acted in good faith,
2: bad faith when you went down yeah. there. Yeah. Right. A Good old Janeway scolding. Right. I love a good Janeway scolding because she she can give them. Mm-hmm. Right. I know this isn't actually Janeway, but like. Janeway scolded her her crew when they needed to be.
3: Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. the The only thing that I'd put in, and I think we talked about this before, because we we kind of speculated whether this was more of a another Doctor scenario, and so forth, right. where you're you're developing these sentient hollows. I, I get I get the plot point, and I and I like it. I, I like I like our little hologram Janeway, but. I, we're really pushing this hollow thing a little too much. Like, what we're, we're I think we're we're pushing a lot of things to become real when they're when at least in a hollow. I mean, it's it's not it's not because I would even argue that the doctor, despite be you know developing a personality and everything, that's it's a stretch. Right, right. I I, th- I think I think Data was more of a of a. Uh, Well, because he was so unique there, there's a bit of a difference there, but I guess maybe if it were more realistic and with adults be like, okay, so I'm going to turn you off now and I'm going (laughs) to reset you. And then we're going to start over again. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Which that's still like, I still have like, um, unresolved whatever when it comes to when Gwen um, hijacked the Protostar when we, in the two part Murder Planet episode mm-hmm. where she basically like made it to where she had all the command controls and like I don't, I don't remember having any re- resolution of that like,
2: no. I, I have my thing with the hologram chainway is like when they turned her when they stole the Protostar right they turned her on they convinced this training hologram, essentially, that they were Starfleet cadets, right? And that's and that's why she agreed to help them and yeah. let them. But like, you've got to believe that she knows they are not Starfleet cadets by now, right?
0: I would I would hope so. You would
2: think so. Like, does hologram genuinely have the ability to lock them out? Like, is like because she's a, a a command training program, right? So like. If she senses that the ship has been taken over by people who should not be there, does she have the ability to then like take control of the ship herself? Right. Would you Would you give that capability to hologram?
0: The emergency command hologram.
2: But like, if you're if <laughs> no, I mean honest, honestly, if, honestly if, think about it. But if your you? ship has been taken over by people who are not supposed to be there, but essentially hijacked, which is what's happened, is would you try to program in a way to lock those hijackers out of your ship so I remember
1: a little ship a little ship that could that has a sentient AI living in it by the name of Discovery Mm. and we just learned about how bad that could be and we debated on that how bad that could be so again it's a dichotomy between are we making a semi sentient hollow that could also then command the ship and even if that were a possibility, because they obviously have the reference point of the doctor who is, you know, was, had his own trial moment, like everybody does once a season, you know, um, I don't, I don't necessarily know if I would particularly do that. I mean, create like a protocol or some sort of lockout program or something, mm-hmm. but to give it to a hologram, I don't, I don't
2: know. I, I mean, I, I get it. It's fine, but. Because we clearly see that she's, like, operating the ship while they're not there, Mm -hmm. right? There's that point in this episode where she's going back to the logs that they found uh, from the last episode of the attack, Mm -hmm. right? So she can clearly operate the ship. Yep. Right, but can she command it?
0: I guess, like, the, the thing that I'm wondering is with everything that's happened with Zora on Discovery, like, gaining like sentience right and to an extent even the doctor um in in voyager and certainly freaking um, data in measure of a man like there have been arguments made for sentience what happens when hologram janeway who is based off the actual janeway um, evolves to the point as a program to where she somehow develops her own sentience what happens then like, we're, we're going to be right back at square one that we're in right now with what do we do with Zora, right? Well, we commission her. She's now a Starfleet um, specialist, for crying out loud. Mm. Mm. Uh, yeah. See, it, it's
1: it's a slippery slope. I mean, it, it just goes down some strange paths because then... Any hollow that you could make conceivably could, if left running long enough, potentially gain some measure of sentience. And I like the doctor. I like the character in, in Voyager. I mean, I, I liked his journey. I liked him helping out. I liked you know, when he got his little emitter thing, personal emitter. I mean, I, I liked all of that. But the fact is, is that if you can do it with one, who's to say you can't replicate it in another? Well, and what- that makes like holo technology somewhat
0: interesting. Well, even Moriarty, too. Well, what's, what's the thing that, um, that we do even now in the 21st century? Um, I don't know what it's called, but um, it's basically like, I made an AI watch 300 hours of this show <laughs> yeah. and to come up with um, lines of dialogue or whatever. Or I made, a, I made AI watch um, the whole of history and to you know, react to it or whatever like that. I mean, yeah. like, we're basically doing it now. Like with like the very minimal amount of technology that we have in the twenty first century where we're essentially it's not sentience, right? Yeah. But but we're we're forcing them to like kinda of think in a way independently based on an input output type of scenario.
1: Yeah, but that, that's that's based on an algorithm though. I mean that that's based upon predictive predictiveness set by a human being. And I think AI right now is a bit of a stretch for us to really say it's it's true AI. I mean I think we get a little too sci-fi sometimes with 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 modern technology. Sure. But the the fact is is that it's it's lines of code that are programmed by a person who is then walking down a, predi- a predictive pathway. So yeah, a lot of those are actually really interesting. You know, I've seen some of them like re you know write a script for this and oh look they got really close to what it actually was you know just to see yeah. what a computer would do but again that's only as good as programming i think what we're dealing with here is 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 so much a measure above that where that independently these these uh you know whatever these beings so to speak are bringing in their own personality separate from what they well uh the doctor for example so the the actual uh i don't remember his name the guy who created the program louis Louis Zimmerman. zimmerman so when we had that whole meetup and their personalities being different i won't say vastly different because there's only so much you can do in a television show with the same actor playing
0: both Sure. both
1: parts but there there is there is a, a core difference in basic personality there and there are choices that the doctor made within his own scope that has led him down his own path so that there, it's it's to me it's a completely different thing because it's almost transformative they're transforming themselves as opposed to like something in the programming like glitching and it does it or whatever
0: well, it was, if I remember right, and, and Eric is more of our subject matter expert when it comes to Voyager, basically. Yeah. But if I remember right, not only was the doctor, the the doctor was was also programmed not just with the, the knowledge of the whole of like medical science, basically, but with also like bedside manner and mm-hmm. other stuff with other famous, well-renowned, you know, Starfleet and non-Starfleet medical personnel. But I think it was, if I if I remember right. Um, somewhere around season one or two, one or two, it was like early in the run that, you know, he got sick and tired of just like being left on, right? So like being given some degree of autonomy with being able to like shut himself down. Mm-hmm. And I think there was also something, Eric, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Belana and or um, Paris also did something to kind of help with even developing his own personality while he was um, on Voyager. As as the main, med- yeah, chief medical he officer,
2: was, he was giving control of like when he could be turned off, like so somebody couldn't just turn him off when they wanted to, and he had the ability to turn himself off. That right. was, Captain Janeway gave him that, right? And but but the doctor was programmed to learn. Right, because in medicine has to keep evolving. You can't just here's all the medical knowledge you'll ever need, right? So he was a program that was programmed to learn, right? And so by him developing his own personality, right, that just came from his programming. And so was this Janeway command hologram, was she programmed to learn or not?
0: Which Kind of goes back to like that AI thing that we're talking about right now,
2: right? So. Is it is it actually intelligence or is it programming? Right.
0: right. Yeah. So interesting. Um, but there, there was like I think one other thing like regarding Janeway, um, which it's it's very little. It's like a tiptoe forward moment, uh, forward movement when it came to like the Chakotay thing that we saw at the tail end of last episode, where she's investigating like trying to figure out what this thing is all about from this hollow record basically and she's zooming in uh trying to like look at like what this message was and we see dreadnought
2: yeah that was our general grievance right yeah it was yeah Yeah. Yeah. okay i was just making sure like but even even that there's one other thing at at the end of this episode when like dal learns that he was like he wasn't kidnapped but he was sold by nandy and then she used him here and she's like She was my mentor. She raised me. How could she? How could she? How could she do this to me? How could she betray me then? How could she betray me now? And and Quinn is like, the diviner is my father, and like he chose the ship over me. Like I know how what you are feeling, and I wish I could tell you you can get over it and it gets better, but I don't know that yet. And I just I just love that that moment as our closing of this episode
0: and then cue credits, mm-hmm. basically. Um, pretty decent episode. A lot, I mean, they, I, I, I enjoyed the pacing, so I guess that certainly is a great segue into the evaluation piece of this episode. I don't have the numbers handy last time. I do remember that we had two eights from, uh, I think it was David and I gave them.
2: I think you both gave them 9s nine. Nines,
0: I'm sorry, nines. What was yeah, it was nines. Okay. And uh, I can't remember what Eric gave. I gave
2: it an 8.6 okay. last episode. So
0: there we go. That's our basis for where we were last time. So nines and 8.6. Okay. So um, before we get to the, the number rating, let's talk Delta. So if this is your first time listening, uh, our Delta rating, we talk about how uh, this episode represents the different divisions of Starfleet service, command with leadership type stuff, um, and command decisions, uh, science, science, and of course, um, engineering and um, operations, uh techno Babble, logistics, stuff like that. So um with that, let's um let's start with uh, uh, Lieutenant Commander Eric on this one.
2: Well, I guess learning how to use the transporter, right? They're just they're just playing around with it and having fun at the beginning. But then later on, they they <laughs> learn how to use it to like help them with their mission, right? to Hey, Absolutely. they transported Dow off the planet with it, and then they used it to transport the crystal back, right? So I, I would consider that engineering operations, right? When they're act, they're actually, you know, in this whole ship, the whole idea of the show is we're learning, and here now we're learning this, and so now we're learning some engineering, we're learning some of the operations. So I, I, I feel like that's there, you know, um, the science, how we're able to understand. Like the how these aliens are using the planet and their vibrations, um, that's science to me, and and we see it how we understand that the crystals are working with the aliens to build all of our, to build all of our structures, and all of them need to be there. That's science, right? And it's Gwyn and it's Zero and figuring out this, and they're like the science part of the ship. So I see that there, and um, I even see Dal, like Dal needs to be like Gibbs, right? We were talking about NCIS earlier, <laughs> we right? We were, yeah. He needs to trust his gut, right? Yeah. Gibbs, he's got an unflappable gut. It's never wrong. And like, Dal knew something was wrong from the beginning, right? He knew it was. And... 100%. And, no, but like, Zero even says that. Like, I'm sensing that you don't feel right about this mission. And it's like, a true leader can understand and can kind of feel when there's something wrong. And he was like, but he was blinded by the fact that this was his mentor, right? And that can happen, right? We've, we've even seen that in Star Trek before. Like, people get blinded by their mentor because they think they can't do anything wrong. Um, but then once he realizes, like, we shouldn't be down here, he snaps right into it and he... Is able to help solve the problem at the end of the day. So, yeah, we're grading on a curve here because we're kids and we're learning. But I, I see all of them here. I see all three pieces here.
0: Yeah. How about you, David?
1: Yeah, I mean, the 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 learning with the transporter. Um, you know, there was even Jankum getting Murph back into the ship and figuring out how to, you know, target and all that good sort of stuff. So yeah, there was a clear. Uh, clear point a to b learning uh style there which was good um so in in you know and that fits in your engineering uh just getting on a new planet and taking out a tricorder and, and scanning and then coming up with a uh, creative solution to a to a harrowing problem uh definitely checks off the science uh checkbox the uh the, the command i mean there, there's some stuff there, but the, the only thing that I would maybe um, maybe be a little cautious about is just the fact that although Dow's gut was right, he didn't listen to it. Uh, now, in the end, they were able to fix the problem, but they PO Janeway off so much that that could be a problem for the next episode so as as far as the command I, I don't I don't necessarily feel like I could give it that just because they went against basically everything that they were kind of told in the beginning and while their instincts are good and eventually they all were on the same page in the, in the cave it's like nah we shouldn't we shouldn't take these crystals we need to get out of here and all this stuff they didn't quite listen to that yet now will they yes, because they're they're clearly making those those um those potential future decisions now they, they just need to actually like do it in the moment. So that's the only reason why I wouldn't necessarily give it to command this week.
0: Okay. Um, so the, the, the standout moments for me was, I mean this is I mean the this, this story was about music pretty much. so <laughs> So I'm gonna probably be a little generous when it comes to like some of my ratings and stuff um, spoilers. Uh, other, other than that, uh, I did like the the fact that we're we're using a lot more um, engineering and, and sciencey stuff in this episode. You know, we're 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 transporting pie around. I mean, who doesn't like pie? I mean, I, I do know people that don't like pie, but um, it looked like it was an apple pie. I'm not a big fan of apple pie anyway. Uh, Eric's shaking his head. Also, great, great. Uh, but like the fact that you know we're we're seeing more of that we're we're using um the science to be able to communicate and I, I don't know like i don't know if it's like just straight up science but something about like Gwen, right where she's talking to the rest of the crew essentially and then also talking to uh, Dow at the very end about like, hey, my dad betrayed me for crying out loud, man. Like, I get it. Uh, there, There's just something about like how she's communicating with people and like we we know she's not necess- we don't know like which color uniform she would actually wear. Uh, but if, I mean, if she were communications, like, you know, she would, you know, for this era, it would pr- probably be like a gold uniform or a red from the original series, potentially. But even though she's not necessarily command division, I like the fact that in a way, and I'm probably doing some gymnastics on this one, but like Dal is kind of allowing her the, the, the space to kind of lead like from strength, like with like what she does for the most part. And the fact that there's enough room for her to even be able to speak to her captain in air quotes. Right. Right about what's up so i mean I'm, I'm kind of there like with like some degree of leadership even though it's like maybe not command division so um i mean i'm, I'm just gonna give all three because why the heck not um even even though like janeway got pissed off by everything that happened and like some breaches with like general order one the prime directive and stuff like that so um anyway that's that's me uh, let's let's go in reverse order in terms of our numerical rating. So this is the part where we give it a, um, a rating from 1 to 10, 1 being an absolute dumpster fire, horrible episode, um, to 10 being absolute perfection, absolutely amazing. So let's start with David on this one. Uh,
1: so, yeah, I, I really, really like the episode. Not only was it animated extremely well, but it told a really good story with a really good learning point uh, behind it. Um, I think that again, continuing to see growth in most of most of the crew, mainly Dal and, and Gwen. Rock Talk sort of is um. I, I'm not quite sure why they're here, right now, which is a little bit you know, mad because it's it's an interesting character, and and Jankum. I mean, at, at least in, in a way, he is kind of doing some engineering stuff. You know, he did figure out the transporters roughly. So that's, that's at least good. Um, and I, I think the dynamic with Janeway will be interesting to further, even though I'm not necessarily into the super sentient hologram stuff, but anyway, it it might be interesting. Um, but in the, in the episode itself, I, I, I like the idea of, of our aliens that we, we came into contact with I like the message that they were able to give through music uh, and I like the way everything was displayed again we're, we're seeing problem solving critical thinking which is great uh, which we don't always see in everything Star Trek nowadays um, and it's not all action adventure it is getting out of tricorder and, and again figuring things out from a scientific standpoint so I, I'm I wouldn't really hesitate to say it's probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite, episode of the season. So, um, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a nice hearty
2: 9.5. Oh wow, you're you're approaching like big one old of the boy best episodes of all time. No, well, no no no, 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 no. Hey, 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 only of the show. <laughs> no, but like, how many episodes of Star Trek in general do you give a 9.5 to? Oh, they, I mean, there are a few.
1: There are a few that i that i would but i am only i'm only talking in the sphere of just this show not not in uh it, not in uh collation with the entire star trek if i did that it would have to be lower okay no, no i'm just I, i'm just going i'm just going with the series but if if i gave
2: last last week a nine mm-hmm. this was better measurably okay. better okay oh uh, yeah uh, this this episode was fantastic right i it was like everything about it worked and like it reminds me of one of those early like season one episodes of next generation where like we have to teach wesley a lesson right there's like the wesley don't get drunk right (laughs) because like (laughs) right you're not in control of yourself and this is what happens or wesley don't do drugs, <laughs> right? <laughs> you'll be, you'll get a good high, but it'll come down and you'll be worse. <laughs> and so this was one of those like episodes, like we're going to teach a lesson, right? And, and I, I, it, it's a lot, it's not the same, but it's the idea of we're teaching a lesson. And I like that because we're, we, this is not a crew that's been, that's had training, right? So they have to learn, they have to be taught things. Right, and it's a show that's like targeted towards kids, and so I like the fact that we're teaching them lessons, like, and everything about this episode did work for me, like from the message that we're being taught to learning to trust our instincts to, you know, not everything that's valuable is material, right? That music can be a gift, right? That people value things differently. Um, yeah, it, it worked, um, and it looked fantastic, right, it did, it looked fantastic. Um, still some things I'm confused on, right, like, where are we exactly in the galaxy, the timeline issues, like, I hope it's not time travel, but maybe it is, so that, like, (sighs) Um, and the Janeway scolding at the end just worked for me. I just loved that. Um, and Gwyn's last line, I wish I could tell you it gets better, but I don't know that. Which, like, is a great line. Like for sure. I mean, that's just a great line. For I sure. wish I could tell you it gets better. Yeah. But I don't know. She's not saying, I wish I could tell you it gets better, but it doesn't. Right? She's like, I, w- I don't know. I don't know the answer. Um, yeah. 9.5. just that's just like ah she broke eric <laughs> you did. like last week's episode i really enjoyed and it was built on nostalgia right and i think that had a lot to do with my high rating this week's episode was just built around telling a good star trek story mm-hmm. and and i'm trying to reconcile those two things like what does the nostalgia do for me? What does the building a good story do for me? And which do I like better? Because nostalgia, when it's done well, is incredibly effective, right? I think we see that in the first episode of Star Trek Picard, right? There's a lot of nostalgia going on
0: there. So much nostalgia. Right? <laughs> yeah. right?
2: But then when it's done bad, it it's terrible. We've seen that, too. <laughs> yes. <Yeah.
0: laughs> yes, we have.
2: Ah. Uh... Um no, I just
0: in, I In the words of the little girl. Why not both?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, it it was really good. Um I gave last week an 8.6. I'll give this an 8.7. I think this is just slightly better than last week's episode.
0: Okay. All right. Man. Hard sell for him. About that. Um okay, I w- I was kind of hinting at it just uh, er- earlier, but just because there's music that's like, at the core of this man, like, that's already gonna be get get a good rating for me for crying out loud. I mean, like, my freaking dissertation is on music. For crying out loud, like, music in like training, you know, for for emotional intelligence and uh, being able to you know effectively use um, empathy. For crying out loud, so I've already got a soft spot for music in my heart, uh, and and just seeing it play out and being able to hear some beautiful music uh, from this alien race was just phenomenal so yeah David and I gave it gave it nines last week and hardcore nostalgia you know hearing Oda go <clears throat> was fantastic uh, we didn't get an Oda <clears throat> but uh, we, we we got just like good stuff just start to finish and um, hearing some Lydian thrown in there, um, pie being beamed around, which I've thought about that actually. Like, how do you, like, how do you train? Like, how do you train someone who's a transporter? Like at the Academy? I've, I've never thought of pie being used. They're not at the Academy. They're on the yeah. Protostar, but well, still, there,
2: there's like, there's like uh, Chief O'Brien has like those canisters that are meant to c- calibrate the transport. Yeah, transporters yeah. That, Like I assume that's how you learn how to use it, right?
1: I mean, it's
0: possible, but like, why not do it with pie?
1: Admiral Archer's prized beagle, you know.
0: It's no big deal. It's no big deal. That,
2: there's no way that dog would still be alive, <laughs> at that point. <laughs> it was another one.
0: Well, I mean, let, let's look at bones and freaking encounter at P- far point. Yeah,
2: uh, <laughs> dogs don't live that long.
0: Hey, it's the twenty, well, <laughs> third century. It's different. You know, the, the medical science is is somewhat different.
2: Okay, just go on.
0: <laughs> I'm stalling. <laughs> um, this is, I think, the only episode in all of the kurtzman era that i have thoroughly and i say this genuinely thoroughly enjoyed watching the th- all three times um that that i've been, i've watched it and i'm like i'm like right up there i don't know if i'm going to go all the way up to a 95 the number that i've i've had on my mind has been um, closer to, like, 9-3, so still pretty close. Like, I love the heck out of this. Like, it was, I was telling David when I picked him up the other day, um, and I think I even mentioned to you when I was in the kitchen, that this is the most beautifully, in air quotes, shot episode of, of Prodigy so far. I, just, I love the cinematography. I love the, the color palettes that they were using. I just, I love, like, that we have, like, Freaking first contact on the title card, even if it's not actually first contact. It's first contact, but it's not first contact. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you're picking up what I'm laying down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're, you're okay, whatever. <laughs> so nine three. I'm going with a nine three on this. This is this is a darn good episode. If y'all have not watched this episode, you need to watch this episode. It is good, good, good stuff. Good stuff. Maybe not nine point three for you.
2: I, Eight point seven is a really high rate. It is rating. really high, actually. Like, let's be honest.
0: You you can you can change it to like a full nine if you want I, to. I'm
2: not doing that. Yeah, so I don't. I don't change after I've made it.
0: It's locked in. Yes. It's locked in. We're gonna blow it up and an airlock now. All right. Well, um, we we there were too many shenanigans going on this week with getting everything ready for the party. No
2: um, Twitter poll.
0: No Twitter poll. <sighs> I know, Eric, you live for those Twitter polls now. I know, You live vicariously through me. Because I,
2: I, this is my <laughs> only experience with Twitter.
0: Yeah, just doing these Twitter polls, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we'll, we'll get back to those in the very near future, but life has just been crazy uh, the last um, several weeks or whatever. So we'll get to that eventually. But everyone, what did you think of this episode? You know, um, what did you think? Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts, your opinions on this. Um, and uh, let us know. Check us out, trtvpod.com. Leave us a comment there. And, um, and go from there. If you want to just email us directly, you can do that, trtvpod at gmail.com. You can also send us a voice-only transmission to 817-752-4757. Remember, there's a three-minute limit before um, the con takes place and you know all your chimerium is beamed away from you. So um, other than that, if you want to mail us something, you can send it to Lone Star Station, P.O. Box 2455, Azel, Texas, 76098. Uh, we'd love to have you know some kind of Ferengi spit pan that I can, you know, and then... Give to Lieutenant Commander Eric to use because that brother man spits. <laughs> do I? I know things.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> mm.
0: but before I, before we sign off, I do want to thank the gents for being here. It has been an absolute treat to be sitting at the same table having this conversation as opposed to doing our you know on-screen conversations. So it's always good to be in the observation lounge having a good talk sitting around the table talking sitting around the table talking (laughs) there we go so um, anyways thank you guys um anyways as we leave here today everyone hope you're all well just remember to boldly go and make it so